2: to the Missing and Murray Podcast. I'm Tim, here today with Lance. Lance, this is part two of our live conversation with Maggie and Art. How do you like it?
0: Oh, I, I love it. Um, first of all, Tim, happy Thanksgiving oh. and, and, a, uh, and a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Hope everyone has a nice, uh, safe holiday with your families. I... Really enjoyed the Q and A with the audience from the live show, and that's the majority of what this cut is. The questions were; it, it was really cool to um, to experience people who were so familiar with the case raising their hands and asking questions, and then hearing the answers. I think it, um, I, I think it settled some people's thoughts and cleared up a few things for for a lot of people.
2: I think so too, and it was amazing every time we asked you know who's who's next who's got a question how many hands went up we kept looking at each other on stage and just like being kind of shocked we could have done a whole night of questions and answers
0: exactly um we actually went about what, like an hour and 10 minutes over, I believe. Uh, they didn't have a show in there after, so we were able to go a little bit longer. And the questions and the people who asked the questions seemed to me like a really good cross-section of our listeners and the questions that they have, not only about the case, but about the show. So if you have questions about the show, chances are it was asked during this Q&A. Yeah. Or some form of it was.
2: Yeah. So I hope you enjoy it, and uh, I uh, second your thought, Lance. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Happy holiday. And uh, we will be back in a couple weeks with another episode.
0: And I just want to point out that this episode is brought to you commercial-free, Tim. Commercial-free from our friends over there at the Crawl Space podcast, an experience in true crime and mysteries, uh, a better way to podcast.
2: question that i have and and i've had for a long time um and and i think people in this audience and and people who are listening at home and wherever probably have a similar uh feeling because they want to help you know we we want to help as much as we can and that's why we do this podcast we we are trying to help the situation here what can we do as a podcast to help this case i guess that that's a and then b is what can an individual do to help this case
3: I think the first thing is please don't go on social media if you have any information and start talking about it on social media. Because what's going to happen is somebody's going to interject something that could change the original information that you have. So, you know, we always say please don't go on social media. Go directly to law enforcement. You can come to us. We will pass the information on, even if you want to do it anonymously, we can do that, uh, but we recommend that you go directly to law enforcement with that information and not go on social media and start talking about it. Because we've seen a lot of
1: yeah, any false of these people that have posted up. on social media, one of us will immediately contact them and say, "Please stop talking. Is you right. are ser- Are you serious about this? Please stop talking. Please get a statement. You know." I'll talk to you, I talk to them, tell them I'll record the conversation if you're okay with that, get your statement before people online start, you know, putting ideas out there and arguing, you know, some of these people shut down too, don't put it online, please go to somebody.
0: Right, it's been a battle for like 13 and a half years to dig through all of the stuff that has, you know, generated into, into folklore and... I said it on other podcasts, and it's like it's annoying now. But it's my favorite thing to say. Super annoying. It, <laughs> you <laughs> didn't even know what I'm gonna say. Um, it was uh, that the like the totality of the show is more important than the sum of the show's parts. Like you can have all of these like sensationalized issues with it, and but what it's done to uh, advance the the conversation about this case is enormous. It's gone. You know, the case is 13 and a half years old. I'd say for. A little less than half that time, it's been dealing with the noise that has come out of it, that's generated from the social aspect. And in six episodes, you guys did an amazing job like to eliminate most of that. And now it's like these conversations that come up on social media tend to come up and go away a lot faster because of the, because of the show and the response time. Um, so, like you said, if you do have something and, it, and you think it's something don't put it out make sure you know who you're putting it out to don't there's no there's no award you know no no one if you put it out there and it's on twitter and instagram there's no one, the cop, like arts not coming to your house to give you one of those pins to say i've now i've now deputized you can i have one of those pins
3: by the way i, I, I
2: want one to of those pins arts giving out it. these <laughs> pins
0: and his phone number
3: the um one of the things is i will tell you this that law enforcement is very open I mean, they've said to us, you know, if you've got an idea, please let us know, because we are trying and looking at, at everything, and they're open to anything that's Yeah, that's, that's where the community reasonable. can help,
1: and the right. police read the blogs. They do. Right. They do. They read
3: the blogs. Yes, they do. It's amazing what they have looked at and, and information that they've got to, and, and I'll call them up and say, hey, have you heard this? Well, oh, yeah, that person just showed up at Troop, up, Troop F up in Haverhill, and turned over all this stuff uh, that was to me very interesting Um, this just happened a couple weeks ago Um, somebody was walking on the river right by the accident scene less than a mile away and found this metal container Uh, they were walking their dog and inside the metal container was like clothing like very old clothing like 15 20 years old uh, a sports shirt uh, female female clothing um, so immediately, I got in touch with that individual and said, "You know, please take it to the state police." And they did. They showed up the next day at Troop F with the uh, with the container and with the the clothes. Of course, we don't know what happened with that, but uh, it was fairly close by the accident scene.
0: As we shouldn't, right. we shouldn't, we know. shouldn't, we right. shouldn't
3: know.
2: Well, yeah. unless it was more we we would know if it was if it right. was tested positively or something. Exactly. like Exactly,
3: or eventually we they would, would know. they would let us know that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, it looks like we've gone an hour and fifteen minutes, what? and we should—I know, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, we should probably. Are you guys ready to yeah. field some questions? Yeah, sure, okay. definitely.
1: Yep.
2: So we stole the audience mic, so you can just yell yell <laughs> out some questions. <laughs> yes, um, let's take one right here. Yes, perfect.
3: Yes. Right.
1: they saw her down in the school six miles away right. so whatever like you know
2: whatever it is that they saw so is there is there an account that's missing that can help the case essentially yeah, there's there's, right. there's
3: 7 minutes that she went missing i mean it's the most bizarre thing it's like she was abducted by aliens or something i mean 7 minutes gone and with two people on 911 calls so he he did he went he drove his bus down which was a hundred yards from the accident scene. Pulled his bus in, called nine one one on his home phone. Yeah, there's no cell phone service in that area so to this day. That was
0: the time. That was the that's time.
1: what we think. Probably that's the puzzle happened.
3: piece.
0: And the and the show does a really good job of showing you pretty much exactly where. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't talk about this part. Exactly where she went missing. When the the scent dogs track Maggie and sit down right at. Right across the street from Boach Atwood's house.
2: Yeah, we have an overhead shot. We can uh, probably uh, pull yeah, up real you quick.
0: Pull that up real quick. just to uh, just so, to reference it. So the the scent dogs lose her scent at a hundred yards, which puts the scent dogs at Bradley right. Hill. Uh, yeah, up where it says Atwoods and Marath's. So Bradley Hill is. Uh, Oh, Get your I forgot, laser my, po- I forgot, you forgot laser your laser pointer. pointer. <laughs> um, it's, the,
3: it's the upper right hand yeah. corner street. Right, right about here. That's yeah. where the dogs lost yeah. the track. And,
0: and not, not gradually lost it. Um, dead stop. Dead yeah. stop lost it. So that pretty much tells you a car. So, yes, he, it was at the point either when Butch went in to call or came back out. On, he went back out on his porch, was talking on the phone, went back inside, and it was during that period of time.
3: One of the problems we have too is it's 13 years. Butch Atwood passed away in 2009. Yeah, I think so. People, people, witnesses, and people that have information are starting to pass away. So if it, you know, we're hoping that somebody will come forward here with that type of phone call to say, "Yes, I picked her up, or I dropped her off, or I saw her get into
1: a." But board. with people passing away, we have a few leads where someone has come forward and said, this person has passed away. Right. I feel comfortable now right. saying what I know. So there's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah,
3: there's, there's a story out there that, that that makes some sense to me from a logical perspective, and that story is that she was picked up by somebody around her age that she would trust to get away from the scene because she didn't want to get arrested for operating under the influence they went to a party, and something happened at that party. That that seems to be a common story that we've heard over and over again. somebody
1: was going to take you and you, something. I know I would Well, and that's what Renner always said. That's why he had the tandem driver theory, which yeah. does in a way make sense that it is someone she's at least comfortable with where there was no struggle. It was quick.
2: Or she just decided to get in. It could, right, but yeah. she.
1: It was, there was no struggle. It, it wasn't a struggle, right,
2: yeah. We have no I, I, signs of of struggle there. Uh, back here we got a couple of questions. So those Loon Mountain employees who didn't show up for work that night. Yeah. Yep. we know about them The Loon they Mountain were, 3 who were mentioned in the TV show. We
1: so legally we couldn't say their names. Um, yeah. but they but you know they're known and they have yeah. been looked into.
3: Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this case when you look at it in, in terms of how law enforcement operates is anybody that had any connection to Mara whatsoever, whether it was through reports afterwards or contacts she had with people beforehand that they know of, have been looked into. Okay, A lot of them have been brought before a grand jury. Some of them have been polygraphed. Um, so when you, when you look at it from the law enforcement perspective, the hardest crime to solve is when there's no connection between the victim and the perpetrator. It's very, very hard to solve those crimes. So when I look at it, when I step back and take a look at it, that's what we might have here in this particular case is a person that had no previous connection with Mara did something to her.
0: I'd like to, yeah, right over there. We promised that you'd get your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was like, oh, sure. um, So first of all, I'm not anti-law enforcement by any means, just to cover my house now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Right. So there's a lot of puzzle pieces, I'm sure, that are in those files that we don't see for a reason. That said, my problem is just with one member of law enforcement. I just don't, I can't explain it away. I can't find proof to, in my heart or on paper or anywhere to say that I believe him, and that's Cecil or Cecil or whatever. Cecil. <laughs> right.
3: yeah. yeah. Sorry. Right. There's
2: something, <laughs> about, something about it. It's not okay with
3: me. No, not at all. It, it, we felt completely the opposite. I mean, we spent an hour and a half with him talking to him. He's just a I, gentle listen, old guy. As
1: I said, as a journalist, it's my job to be skeptical. And I've never been this like gung ho, rah, rah police person. There are some not great officers out there. So I'm with you. But when I, did, when I met him, I did, didn't get that impression. You know, I, I didn't. And, you know, very, you don't have nervous. to take my word for that. Yeah. But when I sat there, he was, he nervous, was nervous, very. He came off very nervous. He was nervous. It's he was afraid
3: he wouldn't remember something. Um,
0: and, you, and you have to keep uh, in mind that this is also the officer that arrested his superior. And yeah. so, I mean, to, to question, that's, that's kind of where that are, because that, you know, that suspicion was in my head as well, but that's sort of where it ends for me. I mean, this isn't a shady guy. This is someone in a, in a police force of four. Right. Had the had the balls to arrest his yeah. superior. Like, yeah. I, I don't think he's covering up a murder now. You know? What about right here in front? Yes. yes. Uh, do you know, did Cecil Smith in the SUV
2: have a dash cam? Dash cam video. No, prob- it's 2004
3: now. Yeah. But in 2003, you know Franconia police. Yeah, Franconia police was a larger police force. But um No, they didn't. Now, he did take, now there are seven photos that he took of the crash scene, okay? We, they would not release those to us, um, but they had told me that there's nothing in there that points to anything untoward. When you were talking to him, did he remember how, what group you told yes. him to get? Yes, yes. Was he on a script? So he started there, but he cut down that side road because we actually did the same thing. And it was easier to ride on, 10 times easier. Because the other one is piled And he went and down and came back up. yeah. Oh, okay. so he went down, like, cemetery road. Yes, I think yeah. it was. Cemetery Road. What was the other one? There was something French the Hill road, road or something. Right. right. I think he went down one of those and came back up. Came back. And that's why Karen. Sure it is likely that Karen. Yes did see the same vehicle. came down 302, then you would raise the question about, right. you know, Karen and yeah. his story. And it was
1: actually incredible that they matched perfectly. Right. He said, perfectly. yes, I remember that route. I took it because it makes sense. It was quicker. I was speeding. Of course, she would have seen me two times. Yeah. So
3: so when the, the 746 was
1: probably, I got out of the car went to the West. Yes. and Then I checked Then he it. called. Yes.
3: Me. Yeah. yeah. Because they immediately dispatch fire and rescue (laughs) as they always do in every accident. Yeah. Um, So one
1: giant hole I found in this was the bloody knife. Um, So has there been? and It felt like it kind of like fizzled out a little bit. Has there been any like update
3: about
1: where, Uh,
3: when? Yeah. The
2: the question is about the bloody knife that Lawrence Moulton gave to Fred Murray implicating his brother in the crime. His brother, of course, Claude, lived in the A-frame house right. at the time.
3: Yeah, the A-frame house is very interesting. Um, the, I will say this, I asked the state police if they tested the carpet samples and the knife, and they said, we tested every single thing that was sent to us.
0: And, and then... They and that, actually, that actually
1: was on record, though. That yeah. didn't make it in the show, but we asked... Um, Strolls in that immediately. We yeah. asked him about the knife and the carpet samples and he said everything that was sent to us, we tested. Yeah,
0: And the show also does take a little liberties with the bloody knife and they show this yeah. knife that's literally dripping blood Okay, my off.
1: stepmom was watching <laughs> it and <laughs> thought that was the real knife. I'm like, what do you think that it, we, for, like...
0: For all we know... Larry had a problem with Claude and was like, I, he took a steak knife out of, the, out of the drawer and gave it to, you know, and, and said, I think my brother has something to do, it, it, for, it, for all we know. It, it was, was a, previously
2: dubbed the rusty knife, and now it's kind of become the, the bloody knife. Now it's the knife. bloody rusty yeah. hatchet. Because of the TV show.
3: Yeah, no. no they, they said they, they tested, tested everything. They tested everything that was shipped to them. Pretty yeah. sure it was a right, chain They right even made
1: a point of, regardless of chain of custody, it was tested. Right, so.
2: right here. Um, how much evidence uh, did you, how much time did you spend on the suicide theory? I know Fred had mentioned, did you, did you say squaw? Squaw walk. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> um, have you had any conversations off the record with law enforcement regarding her medical record? Was she being treated for an dependency dependency or depression or having a nervous the, breakdown? There's... Down?
1: <laughs> I will tell you well, that. While a lot of things were blown out of proportion, that was way under proportion. Uh, yeah, that was really. an extreme. <laughs> day. Of the one
3: thing I wanted to have a lot more film yeah. on <laughs> was how horrible that hike was. Um, from the perspective of the medical stuff, uh, we couldn't find anything, nor could the uh, state police find anything in her records that indicated any type of psychological issue. I think the squaw walk thing, did it make it in the show, which Fred remember, said to us? I don't remember, but
1: Fred said he regrets saying that. Yeah. He, did, he, he admits he said it, and he regrets that yeah. did make it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. so he, yeah. he regrets saying that, for yeah, sure. he um, did. Uh, but we looked into the, the idea, but then again, it comes back to where's the body. um.
3: There there was actually, Fred Fred had actually had a a private (laughs) investigator work for him. He was was a guy from Cape Cod who was a former uh, police officer who hired um, a couple of people, uh, one of them being a retired mass state trooper who was an accident reconstruction expert that had some very interesting information in the report, but he also had a psychologist look at the suicide theory, and they came to the conclusion that she just didn't fit the profile as to someone that would commit suicide. Now, does that mean that she, you know, maybe died of exposure just walking into the woods and hiding? That's a possibility, but, but you know, pretty much dis- pretty much ruled out with uh, the, yeah. the
0: tracker uh, Todd right. from episode five when right. he said how many hundreds and he's only – only two of them. Two of them, yeah. And one of them's more buried. He has was good. Yeah, the search,
3: the search was absolutely phenomenal. You've been
0: dying to ask a question. <laughs>
1: um, I kind of all of them, right? So on top of the semi awkward but very genuine and sweet interview
2: with style, Um <laughs> That's a new. That's good. Uh, he's he's <laughs> sessile from now on.
1: I'm curious, kind of two-sided question. You guys will take over. Sorry, what happened with him? Because clearly he's on the law enforcement conspiracy side. And were those two numbers ever correlated with the cruisers? The zero zero one zero zero two. In terms of their actual logging. I'll answer the second one, and Ar can take the first one. Yeah. Um, I give him the hard one. The second one, uh, were the numbers correlated? We asked that, and that did not make it in the show, that I remember correctly. Um, It was the numbers were correlated by year, what they said. It was not by the police vehicle 001... And, you know, the lieutenant vehicle, 002. They said it was by year. So they said the SUV was 001. It was not Cecil's vehicle all the time. It was a 2001. It was a 2001. The other one was a 2002. And the vehicle numbers went like that. That is what we were told. And
3: they didn't assign vehicles to anybody. To the chief or to anybody. So they
1: shared it. And the explanation was he was in the vehicle that night because it was a snowy night, it was winter, of course he would take the 4x4 Explorer. So that was the answer that we got that right. did not make it in the show.
2: And to yeah. answer the uh, first part of that question... Which, um, you can
1: take the first one. Yeah, or yeah.
2: yeah, you can try or... Uh, I mean, we don't know, I think is, is, the, uh, is the official answer. I, I've, asked, I've asked him and we, we never really got a straight answer.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. That's why I'm not on social media. Because you can get wrapped up in that stuff, and again, I I know I've said it a couple times, but does it actually get us back to what happened tomorrow, or does somebody have another agenda out there that they're trying to pursue?
0: We have time for a couple more Uh, gentlemen. Melissa, (laughs) okay. Um, let's do Guy in blue, and then then Melissa. (laughs) One of the things that done a lot of impulsive trips up to that area you know from Boston and so
3: it's not out of the realm of why she did it but one of the things that has always intrigued me is the impulsive nature of not getting a hotel room. And there's no no one ever there's not and she clearly looked because she made some phone
0: calls. And nobody really I never see much of investigation about that because I've made as I said a lot of impulsive trips up to that area and I'm a guy and I would never go up there without Oh, sorry. Ever. Yeah. So, um, being that she was familiar with the area, like I was growing up, it would be incomprehensible to me that she wouldn't have a whole other place to stay. So, that either tells me she was meeting somebody she was secretly talking to, or.
3: That's a possibility, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm not dating myself with the days of AOL online. She, like to She was, I believe it was Yahoo IMing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, actually, when we started the show, one of the first things they did, and Fred had called, Fred Murray had called me, was the state police actually asked Fred if he could, if it's okay, if they re-look at his daughter's computer. They wanted permission with the new software yeah. that they have, forensic software, to look to see what was going on.
1: And she could have met with some, we don't know anymore about that, but she yeah. could have met with somebody, or as you know, there are hotels in the Lincoln area, she could have walked into one. She could have walked into one to walk in. Oh, right, ski season. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's, a, that's a really good point. Not a lot of people look at uh, that she called places in Bartlett and but she never actually reserved a place, so that's yeah. good. So what does that, what yeah, does that but tell
3: we, you? We also asked Fred about this, and, and as familiar as she was with the east side of the White Mountains, she wasn't very familiar with the west side, but she was headed, you know, you go down 112 there, the Cancamangas, and it takes you over to the area that she was familiar with. Um, so that's one of the mysteries here. We don't know. We were hoping to find out where she was going, and it just never...
0: Okay. And uh, there we go. Yeah. uh, My question is more around the actual filming of your Oxygen uh, series. And
1: this is directed to Mackie. I know that you said several times tonight that as a journalist, you tend to be (coughs) cynical, which is
0: good. Um, But when you were interviewing Fred and you had to actually ask him, like, did you abuse? use your daughter, or whatever. Yeah. How did that make you feel, like filming that segment with her father? I did mean, it,
2: how did it make you feel to ask uh, Fred about potentially abusing Mora? Um,
1: I think I always knew from the beginning it was a question I had to ask. It was something that was out there and that people talked about, and now that I've asked it, it seems like no one really talks about like the fact that that was a big thought that was out there so you know just as a journalist going into it i knew that was something i'd ask him because we had told fred right. we want to help you but there are things we have to ask you that are going to be really really hard and yeah. he said ask me anything yeah. he, so we, we
3: prepped him you're right i mean we, we didn't tell him what we were going to
1: ask we didn't, right he yeah. didn't know it was coming and that was the surprising part is actually he says he didn't know that was out there um But it was hard. I mean, it was very uncomfortable, too. And I think they probably made me look more composed than I was. But, you know, when I asked him that, it was this moment of just like, how could you ask me that? And he did get angry. Not at us, but just at the fact that this was out there and that this poor man did have to answer this question. It was terrible. I don't agree that he should have to answer that question, but I had to ask the question.
2: And I will say the good thing about that moment, as uncomfortable as it was, to I'm sure for you and for even us to watch, the conversation about that is gone online. Right. I have not exactly. seen anything and that's about that's the point that.
1: is that people forget that this was a thought that was out there. Now that it's been asked, it's gone. And that's the point. It's gone. Yeah. yeah it's a very
2: good thing. Yeah. And
1: Fred still likes me, so that's okay. <laughs> How
2: about right here in the front?
1: I know he works very closely with the Murray family, so today, he did work closely with did, the Murray. Yeah. Okay. Did that rub off on, on them about that? You
3: know, I, I just wonder. You know, like, uh, I I think there's a, a there's a there's a weird you know sort of. Now. Feel
1: now? And also, is that the person yeah. you were asking about? Yes.
3: Yeah. The, the the there's a weird kind of relationship there. I mean, to a certain degree, John has kept this in the public eye and whether what he's saying is true or not that's a different story but he has kept it in the public eye and I think the family does appreciate that portion of it they might not necessarily believe everything he's talking about but the fact that he's kept it out there and kept it going they do appreciate so it's kind of a unique relationship they have
2: okay how about right there
3: Scrutiny around all of this that the person that may actually have done it has time to consider cleaning stuff up or backtracking or... That's always a problem.
0: It's a great question. Yeah,
3: that's that. Uh, I'll tell you this, okay, and, I, and I'm going to, to my little CNN thing here, but I was asked not that long ago to talk about um, the Tampa serial killer that's currently going on right now. Uh, he's killed four people now. Well, there was a case very similar to that in Phoenix a year before where somebody had killed nine people over the period of, like, August of 2015 to July of 2016. And what happened was there's a public safety issue here, and this is kind of the balance that I talked about earlier about releasing, how much information should you release. In this particular case, because there was a public safety issue, they let everything out. So what did this, this individual in Phoenix stopped shooting people Number one, which was good. Yeah. He stopped driving his car and he changed his appearance. So, what eventually caught him was ballistics uh, testing, uh, tips from the public, which is the best thing in the world, tips from the public, and then some, some video surveillance. So, yes, that's always an issue. Um, can they go back and clean something up? I think, you know, with this particular case, 13 years later, Possibly, if they buried her somewhere, that's a possibility. But um,
1: but you hit on the key point, which it. is how much do you let the public know? Right. People demand all this information and think they're entitled to the information the police have, but then you could lose your it's you don't want you exactly right.
2: Rapid fire, we got a few a little yeah. time yeah. for a couple more. Yeah. Rapid fire, still into it? Uh, how about up there in the back with the guy with the hand?
0: Yeah. The guy with the hand? Yeah. <laughs> the guy with the one hand. He's got two of them. Oh, he's got two. <laughs> what do we
2: think yeah. happened? Is the question. I got an answer finally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: right. Well, we went a long time not not committing ourselves because um, a long time ago we had a. a Police officer on the show that we had, we had spoken to, and he gave this analogy of um, a case being um a a mansion with a lot of open doors and you have to go through and you have to close each door and that really like resonated with me and i and i you know we we spent time in canada with james renner and by the time we were james renner's got an amazing way to tell you something and you, you get caught in the james renner fog and then you come out of the fog and you're like wait that no that's not doesn't really make you know there's no connective tissue um so we went a long time just not committing and being open to everything and mostly trying to close the doors as opposed to like opening and you know trying to make the narrative work uh right now at least for me what is the most telling thing is Blood stains that were identified in a house where cadaver dogs went bonkers. Where Mara, a mile away from where Mora's accident was, the people who occupied that house have a history of violence. So that I'm we, not that that's where I'm. I'm not trying to make connective tissue, but that is where point A and point C are. You know.
2: And I would give a, a similar answer. Um, yeah, you oh, guys.
1: It's bursting at the seams right yeah, now. Please.
3: Oh no, I'm. I'm. I'm just. Uh, uh, you got to look at probabilities, and usually, usually, the most obvious answer, the simplest answer, is exactly what occurred. What do I think happened here? More than likely, probably, but I still have an open mind because you got to look, you got to go where the evidence takes you. Is so that I think somebody picked her up and something happened. Now, whether she knew that person or not, I don't know. And there's variations off that: Did somebody take her to a party? Something happened at the party. Did, Was it just something that happened between her and another individual? And, I mean, if you've been up in that area, you can hide a body pretty easily up there somewhere. I mean, it's just very Well, I think the key
1: thing we're all hitting on is we all agree she was picked up by somebody. I don't think any of us think that she wandered off and committed suicide or ran away. I think we all agree she was picked up by somebody. and I think you know this idea of it being a young person. Hey, we're going to a party. Uh, I think I think what I would like Webbs Sleuthers to do is look into those people. I think you know instead of going after the police at this point, um, I think it's really valuable to look at who could this young person, this this charming person, that would get Mora into a vehicle. Be where was this party? We've heard a lot about a party that happened up there. Um, you know the Loon 3 people they were going by they would have gone by that uh, on the way to work I I think that those are where web sleuthers can put their resources into that would be really really helpful
0: Uh, in the middle yes
2: The question about our documentary, um, yeah, that we began back in 2013. It is something that we're still working on, and we will release it. Um, we have a ton of footage that we're going through, and we may even release it in parts. Uh, we're not 100% sure how it's going to happen, but it will probably happen in 2018.
1: I think it'll be good for the people who have asked about some of the beef that's happened. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> that be really, yeah. That's what they're going to talk about.
0: All right. Let's uh, how about right there? Yeah. Hi. Um I feel like I remember early on in the podcast you guys mentioning this and I haven't heard much of it since. So maybe there's a good reason, but the map quest directions that she had was there an end point on the like are those directions where they found the car and was there an end point an end destination for those?
2: Mm, is
0: it the Burlington, Burlington, Vermont, I believe right? It was directions to Burlington, but again, we don't know if that's exactly what it said. It could have just been what was released, that it might have been a location in Burlington, but it was directions to Burlington.
2: But as far as, you know, her going there, that that isn't where she ended up on that trip, at least.
0: Okay, a couple more. Uh, Right there.
1: they don't come across as really very knowledgeable about anything that happened, <laughs> And they really come across bad in the interviews, they really do. But could they have done anything different from the moment that they arrived on scene that could have made a difference? Did Cecil not do something that he should have? I mean, you know, as an investigator, if you show mm. up, there's an empty car there, there was a woman there five minutes ago. Aren't you gonna tell the state to play? you know what, come back. We are missing a girl. You came this way. I came that way. Let's have a cruiser down that way. Okay, she's not here. Aren't you kind of going to stop ringing some bells and saying that something's they, going, something? They,
3: they did do that. I mean, you got to remember, this is just an abandoned vehicle. I know it's. We have the the benefit of 13 years of hindsight here, and you know the the. For, the I think we did an interview with Chuck West, and the first thing he said, I wish we'd done things. They better. all admit they wish and, um, they did it better, yeah. but that's with hindsight. They but didn't know this you... was going to
1: be a 13-year-old cold case. Right? They said they got abandoned. And Art has said it's very yeah. common to have abandoned vehicles, and the person is just drunk, and then they come back. I agree with you. Yeah. This was a young woman. Yeah. And I think that was identified pretty early on. This isn't the city with a car, yeah. and she could be right. in the house next door. And also, you, but somebody called 911 and mentioned somebody sitting in the passenger car with a cigarette. I've heard there's a few different places where nobody goes on
3: there. Was there? No, and well, even the there, Westmans didn't agree on yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't okay. agree on that. There was, agree there was there was an that. issue with that. the The husband thought it was somebody sitting in the car with a cell phone, with the light on. A, you know with a, the old flip phones; they the had the red lights phone. in the back.
1: Yeah. yeah, could have been
3: that. Yeah, yeah I, I, there just there was no other evidence to indicate anybody else was in the was in the car. There was no cigarette butts. There was it was nothing around the it scene. Was, If, if it's a, what, which part are you talking about? Because it was at a couple different locations. Right. But
1: I know like when they got pictures of the car, and I don't know if it was James Runner or somebody else who had written about it, but they were able to walk onto the compound lot and take pictures of our car. car
0: was
3: one. No, they had police permission for that. I think yeah, that was we, the parker.
0: Yeah. We, 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 we drove up there uh, for a period of time. It was parked at Troop F in Concord. Yeah. And um, no, uh, no. Uh,
3: Troop F in, it's by Haverhill. Troop F is, but Concord's the main... Okay. ...the state police headquarters.
0: Okay, I forgot right. the town, but it's, it's the troop, the state police uh, Troop F. Um, you, you, you can pull up, you can drive around the back, and her car, well, for a period of time, was sitting out there. It was not locked up. It was outside. Um, you could go up there and touch it if you wanted to, but you were at a state police barracks. Uh, right. Someone would have seen you and come out, so we went inside... Uh, then they escorted us out, and uh, we had to stay 10 feet away from the car, and they had to make sure that what we were shooting with our cameras, they, the guy was right there the whole time. Um, we asked him several questions about it, and he said that he had no idea about it. He, he wasn't, he, we said, what about this? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know. He was probably, he might have known, but he, was, he had no, he, he wanted no part of answering any question.
3: Yeah, it did, and when we got to see the uh, vehicle, it was in a, in a caged lot where they had some Homicide. pretty other horrendous, yeah. horrendous stories about vehicles in that particular lot. But uh, um, we had to get, we obviously were escorted by the state police also when we filmed it. How about right up here?
2: Hi. Um, so thinking just in the mindset of somebody, I was in college and before I
1: remember what was happening, I would have individually thought that's the daughter, the store to go back because I had just had yes. They didn't give us access. They didn't want anything to do. They didn't want us in.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But Don't you, go like, into like the, the Swiftwater store. People have been badgering them yeah. for a decade, you know, so. They yeah. did talk
3: to law enforcement. Law enforcement did interview people from the store, the clerk from the store. State police talked to them.
1: Actually our producer went in and was just like, Oh, hi, do you have a payphone? And they instantly were like, Are you with the Murray show? We know what you want. <laughs> like just they know. If she got
3: there, like that
1: was my instinct that it was closed. That was law
3: enforcement's instinct too, because that's exactly where the state trooper went. He went back that's towards why they Super turned around
1: water. and went that way. Now, you
3: so. also got to remember, somebody had mentioned earlier, Karen McNamara drove east and didn't see anybody. Right. And she was right there. She's
1: adamant on not seeing. Completely
3: adamant. And you know when you go past Bradley Hill Road and you make that corner, there is like nothing else there but a rod and gun club on the left by the river and then a couple of homes. And that's it for like 11 miles
0: till you hit Beaver Pond. Okay, we get got time for one more question, Lance. I, well, we're, grimace. We're, t- we're 21 minutes over, but it seems like... I don't think they have a show in here after, so um, let's just do a couple more. Couple, and, two uh, more. Yeah, let's do two okay, more. Okay, two more.
2: Um, and, right up there.
1: She,
3: really she said it was, she it was, was Yeah. The yeah. I think, I think Fred likes saying dirt bags, doesn't he? Yeah. Not local He
2: gave us a
1: whole array of the kinds of dirt bags. Like, <laughs> it was like rotating dirt bags, floating rotating dirt, dirt bags, bags. Floating dirt bags, like...
3: floating dirt bags, <laughs> driving dirt bags, walking. There's a lot dirt of
1: dirt bags. bags. Yes, a yeah. or yes. Days or, oh, right. not four days. I we looked into that, and the police yeah. have looked into that, too.
3: We talked to, We yeah. talked. To, we interviewed Lavoie. That made it in, right? That's an extra on, little bit. online, yeah. Oh, okay. We did talk to Lavoie. And, of course, it's 13 years later, and God knows how many accidents he's responded to over that time frame.
1: We asked well, that, yeah. and, and it was... He didn't have the shop at the time, so yeah. it was...
3: He kept it in his personal he garage. He kept it in his
1: personal garage, yeah. And
3: that the, but the, the next morning, and I believe at 9.40 a.m., there was a
1: search warrant. The
3: law enforcement... Uh, two law enforcement officers, not Cecil, two other officers came over and executed a search warrant on the on the vehicle itself looking for possibility of uh, alcohol and operating under
1: Totally. I yeah. totally hear you. Oh yeah. Totally hear you. Yeah, they
3: all know each other up there. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing too is we met Lavoy really nice
3: guy yeah. didn't you go snowmobiling, yeah, didn't you snowmobiling, he, with snowmobiling with him or something like
1: he took me snowmobiling which was really funny was a
3: 1963 snowmobile. yeah this thing was like chugging
1: um, no but besides him being a nice guy obviously people can put on facades um, it, it was believable and honestly that, that's a theory that has been out there for a while and I couldn't imagine the police not looking into no. that honestly I think that's something that has been out there it's very, it makes sense and he well, was, he yeah. was,
0: him and uh, McKean were the contracted tow um, companies for the police force. So it's, on. I get it, like on the surface, it, you know, if you just end that sentence with, and he kept it in his personal garage, and then dun, you dun, let that, se- yeah, it seems really weird. In, in retrospect, but then when you just simply say, well, he was one of two that was contracted to tow cars for the police right. at the time, right. they thought that she might have abandoned so the car. Small. This is
1: a police force with yeah. four officers. So small. It was probably way small easier for... Small stuff, yeah. right. He just brought it to his house, yeah. you know? Yeah. Nobody knew it was going to be like this 13 years later. So, again, going back to your question, I mean... In retrospect, yeah. Lots of things should have been done differently, and they all admit that.
0: He had to take 001 out of his personal garage in order to put <laughs> her <laughs> car in there.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, right there. That's a joke, by the way. Please. <laughs> I, <do>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I. Right. Well, this is involved might be yes or no question. Um, in the first episode, Julie reveals that the law enforcement
2: folks never approached her. When
1: you met with them, were you able to put in information on why that happened? Relatives
2: and leave it after Why did law that. enforcement never speak to Julie?
3: Yeah, we did ask that. I think they might have talked to her, but it wasn't like a formal sit-down, face-to-face yeah, interview. They said they spoke to her. Yeah, it's probably over the phone. They might have done an interview. Now, it, it you know, you're talking two different jurisdictions. The FBI did a lot of the interviews in Massachusetts. We do know that, um, but the the. Uh, they do plan on talking to her. the The thing is, when you they did talk to the other siblings and family members, but um, you know, Julie was. I'm trying to think of where Julie was at that point in time. Was she down in Carol she in Fort Bragg? Would, she would have been at Fort Bragg. She was or at Fort Bragg.
1: still stationed overseas. overseas
3: in Korea or something. Yeah,
1: so it probably she, was a phone interview.
3: Yeah, so she wasn't in the immediate area. The only information she really had that was quite interesting to us was that they were planning. To go to um, Hilton or where was it? Down in the Carolina somewhere? Myrtle Beach. Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Beach for, for a for a concert during spring break, and they were IMing each other back and forth You're about com- that.
2: Yeah.
3: Just prior to her going missing.
0: I think we should probably probably wrap Phil, it up or one bad, more, though. Lance. Yeah, you man. you pointed out, Lance. Right. Uh, Who has the oh, most wait. important? Yeah, right question. there. Right there. You've had.
2: You do now. You had your, you had your hand up do, for a
1: while, yeah. though. Make it good. I want to know more about, like, the medium. Like, Yay! She just looked like she had this awful look on her face in the show. Like, she had so much she wanted to say, but, like, maybe wasn't saying Like, did you guys, one, believe her? Sorry. And then, two, do you, did you ever talk with her? Did you ever, like, follow up any more about, like, what she
3: had to say? Medium Alison Dubois. Allison Dubois. <laughs> um, yes, she, she I'll tell you, the first 20 minutes, I was like, "Wow, she's hit on a lot of theories that we have actually sat down and discussed. Um, and then I think, like everybody else, she might have gotten tired because we had her there for a long period of time. We did end up bringing her back. I don't know if any of that made sense.
1: back to the bridges. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we brought, her yeah back. we
3: brought her back and we tried to follow up with taking her to several bridges in the area. That you saw in different why parts of the show. Why couldn't she draw you the bridge and your head to your I don't know. Hey, that is not the That's way it works. That's
1: a good question. Good question.
3: I go, why should I? Why do we even have to ask you anything? You should know what I'm going to ask Just say me, right?
0: it. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, when you become a spirit, you like playing like yes. puzzle games. and yeah. All right. yeah. just, just say it. The thing right. is, she
1: is a very famous medium, yeah. um, as you guys probably have inferred. we wasn't our choice. Um, to bring on a medium, I think Art and I like to work with the facts, but people did enjoy it. It was helpful. Yeah. Um,
3: it was entertaining.
1: It was entertaining. Did someone say it was frustrating?
3: No, she She apparently, she told us she doesn't work like that. She doesn't work like uh, people taking her to locations, right? She was really
1: upset about the location. Yeah, day. She,
3: she would prefer to look at the picture and just she does that writing stuff. I don't know what that is. But uh, the first 20 minutes, I was—we looked at each other and said, "Wow, she's like hitting on all the theories." She did that we she hit of.
1: on? The, she hit on a lot of stuff. Yeah. We showed her a lineup of people, and the fact that she could separate people that we thought were persons of interest right. and people that were friends and family very quickly was really interesting. Yeah. We couldn't put that in because we can show faces on the TV, but um. Absolutely. Oh, she could have.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I agree. I agree.
1: But you know, it was something interesting, and I don't know if she's, like, this uh, manipulative, but when she wrote more as name down on the paper for the first time, and wasn't on camera or anything, but she wrote more she spelt it wrong, yeah. and I was like, if you've been Googling this, right but is she that to spell it wrong to get me to look at it and be like How did she she's, spell she's it? trying to trick how would you, me how else would you spell Moira yeah right, right, right. M-O-I-R-A yeah
0: M-O-I-R-A she spelled it Moira oh like the that, Irish, I the, Irish I the Irish so spelling like right the, like
3: Moira
1: so, I don't know Celtic I, spelling again I'm a skeptic but she did for someone if they're googling this case all the time you'd think you'd spell the name right so I don't know in her defense she spelled the name wrong yeah. <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> All right, uh, I guess that's it, everybody. All right, last question, right here. <laughs> um, so, in the series of Art and Maggie, you take a drive and you actually do the drive, and there's like an hour
1: you put yes. that's missing. So, have you been able to investigate that a little bit more? I know that's kind of like open ended, but have you like looked at some of the like, is there gas stations that might have video, or is there anything that could, like, The police have looked at the surrounding gas stations yeah. and have got as much video as they have. She's not on any of them. Um, my theory always, as you know, I went to UMass, and I knew that liquor store very well, and right across the street in that parking lot is a diner, and I've always thought that she left the liquor store and met somebody at that diner or got her own lunch, and that could have been the missing hour because we don't know what time she actually left. There's no clock in her car that tells us, so we know she bought the liquor at a certain time, and then from then on we don't know until the accident. And the vehicle
3: was a moving... Junk box. I mean, the thing had a cylinder tapped out. It was smoking. It could have broken down. We don't
1: right. know. It's surprising
0: she even got up there during that time yeah. anyway.
3: Yeah, and it was, and it was drove,
1: in really bad shape. We busted up the Saturn that we bought in the shop. We didn't just do the rag and the tailpipe. We busted up that Saturn and yeah. drove it. Very unsafe. Yeah. The fact that she was driving this up there yeah. on three cylinders Amazes was like, yeah. Wow.
3: Well, you know, one of, speaking of that, one of the interesting things was that we found in the in the uh, uh, Parker report, which was the Mass State Police reconstruction expert,
1: the black box. The
3: black box. Every car has this little black box, and it tells you when the airbags deploy when you turn the ignition key, and that black box indicated that the car had like gone into the ditch, and it showed a jolt on the black box. About half a second later, the airbags deployed, and then there was seven turns of the ignition afterwards. So on that particular model, uh, Saturn model, if you didn't take the key out and the car stalled out, it was like a dead switch. If you left the key in, it would just just wouldn't turn over. So you had to take the key out, put the key back in, and she could have actually drove that vehicle away. It wasn't damaged. Heavily enough where she could, uh, where it wasn't drivable. That's what Lavoie told us. And if she had just known to take the key out, put it back in, she probably could have started it up and drove away.
1: I really want to know the follow up from this lady over here.
3: Yes.
2: Yes. for what happened to Brianna as well um, do you guys feel you potential connection between Brianna Maylin and Maura Murray yeah. we
1: didn't I don't we never thought there was a connection that might have been put in the show again for you know yeah. we're glad Brianna got mentioned too so we're actually happy she was in the show regardless right. um we don't think there's a connection I don't think you guys we are don't pretty, think so obviously yeah. we
2: don't know but it's, but it's, it's from like listening
1: a, to your podcast, it seems like they kind of know who the Brianna situation. Yeah, there's other
3: there's other stuff going on with yeah. the Brianna case that I think could come to a conclusion at some point.
0: Yeah, it, it does seem like the circles that um, the circles that that Brianna ran with um, probably intersected with circumstances that were from outside of town. That's at least as much as we know as as from talking to the family and, and the investigators, and it there's to try to put that with the the seemingly randomness of Moore's disappearances a a bit too much and um I mean again, we don't know, and if right. anything comes up, you know you have <laughs> our our contact information's out there, happy to um you know field any sort of uh theory you know of any detail that comes up and we
3: did look at the serial killer theory early on specifically israel keys
1: he still hasn't been ruled ruled right. out completely yeah. uh, of mora's
2: case he was ruled out publicly yes. at
1: brianna's case he hasn't right. been ruled out of mora's case
3: right um and that guy was one sick son of a bitch i mean the stuff he did uh there's a pretty good show on id channel about him uh Unfortunately, we can't talk to him anymore. He killed himself in jail. But um and we I think have to the FBI it. is trying to, trying to go back. And, and what they do in serial killer cases is they go back and try to map out every single location that individual has been in their lives and then match it up with missing person cases or homicides that occurred but in that he, area. But he
1: was thought to have been in the area at yes. that time. And then he killed himself in 2012. And right. I, he never... Confessed to Mora, but I think he was asked about it, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. he he called New
0: Hampshire his stomping ground.
1: Right, right. It was. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and typically, don't serial killers typically even confess to once they're caught? Even confess to murders that they didn't commit because hey, I'm caught. I might as well get the notoriety. Notoriety.
3: This guy was like in a class by himself, though. This guy was out there, and actually, he never he he never admitted to much he was playing a game with everybody right? and, and yeah. then he ended up killing himself yeah. alright everybody
0: except for you <laughs> let, okay. her speak. let her speak <laughs> <laughs> my question about the UMass cabin
3: and
2: The question is about the UMass cabin and uh, the assistant track coach, Hussein. Yeah,
1: We couldn't talk about him on the show because he wouldn't speak with us. I had called, so unfortunately we couldn't explore that. But something I was surprised about is that's another Renner thing that Renner actually discovered. Um, so, you know, I think there there's still something to be looked at there. Yeah,
3: and the state police are, are aware of that whole scenario. And the cabin is... Uh, a little bit of a distance away from it's the It's in exit. Bethlehem. Yeah, right. I want to say yeah. at least 10,
2: 20 miles almost. Yeah.
3: Um, so uh, it's... Um,
1: we had looked at when ski teams were up there. Yes. We looked into these things. The police yeah. are looking into it.
3: Um, UMass ski team was up in that area.
1: We know it's being looked at, so it's it's a good question for sure. All right. And they have DNA and
3: the They have... Yes, and as you... as, as if you go online and look at the Doe Network yep. or the Namus Network, it's on Namus. Yeah, it it it'll tell you it has DNA. It also has the dental records. Um, so
1: she has a full profile. Right. And This is something we actually have talked about a lot. Is it's very possible she's a Doe somewhere, right, in another state, if someone took her to another state and it's just waiting to be and matched. And her body was
3: discovered. Yeah. But that's she does a have a high
1: profile match. There's DNA and dental. So. Right.
3: And that they actually also, one of the things we suggested, this shows you how open the state police are, is I suggested to them to put out a yellow notice, which is an Interpol notice that gets out, and it goes to 190 countries, and it has all the basic information that you need, who to call. It says her DNA and dental records are on file. And we did that because of Canada, really, the closeness of that area in case she did a get up to Canada, so there's a yellow notice out there. You can actually go on the Interpol website yeah. and look up the yellow notice. It's in the public portion of the of the Interpol website.
1: And actually something else sleuths can do, and I do this a lot too, is um, to look at the Doe Network in NamUs and look at unidentified bodies if you can stomach that. Um, and look at ones that have been found, and see right. if it does match Mora, and give yourself a little wiggle room too with height and weight and even dates, because we've found that a lot of this information is not accurate. Right. Also, so that's really helpful a if you find someone. Error. Some it's it's all manually entered, so it could be entered wrong. So you know, if you find someone that's possibly a match, um, you know, it, it it could be it could be her. And and what do you tell? What,
2: what do you do?
3: Well, there's there's. <laughs> This is something we wish we could have explored a lot deeper because we had, we had we planned really to go to, to Washington, talk about this. D.C., yep. talk to Interpol, talk to the National Crime Information Center, talk to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, talk to the Doe Network, and talk to NamUs because the Doe Network and NamUs can't coordinate with all the other databases. So really, when you look at NCIC, which is what law enforcement uses, it's really a criminal database. It has people's criminal history in there. But there is a section for missing persons. And a lot of times, a lot of those fields aren't filled out. So you really have to know that I've got to go to these five different locations to look for a particular missing person.